0: You are listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens. This season we are delving into the global phenomenon of and Tina. I'm Sheena, my pronouns are she, her.
1: Hi everyone, excited to be here. Monica McCowan, my pronouns are she, her as well, and I am a lesbic author and Juliantina super superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast, but uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of.
0: Okay, so this is where we ended last time. It was just after the scene. Oh uh, man. I just want to hug Val until it'll be okay sad broken hearts it, felt, it felt. I know <laughs> usually I'm fine
1: but we just jumped into this and watching her makes me want to cry like I, I didn't talk for a couple seconds because I was like oh man I could actually cry watching
0: her she's so upset well her whole world has just come crashing down on her for the first time she's just admitted her feelings for Jules and they've had a discussion about being in love and they finally slept together and then they had this perfect night and it was interrupted by Lucho's nastiness. And then her sister phones and from a very high high to a very low low, which is what you were saying, they do so well.
1: Yeah, and the most interesting thing is Ava doesn't even say she knows. Valentina knows that she knows because of her tone. And I think that, yeah, she's just not going well for her and then yeah they they cut to a quick scene because the girls have separated now for Valentina to go handle this and it's Panchito and Lupe having a conversation on their porch and Juliana walks by and she's frustrated and angry and doesn't really want to talk to them and her mom said you're supposed to spend the day with Val weren't you and she said she came home early and you know obviously we know the nature of it uh, but her mom just assumes it's like two friends having a fight
0: absolutely and then we cut to what's happening in Val's world her sister arrives home just before her and gives instructions to Chivis to let her know when Val comes home Val comes in and says please don't tell my sister put Chivis is put in the middle of this but of course she takes Val's side because she's the baby
1: Right. And I think that this is nothing new in their relationship. And also, again, remember, um, Ava has just moved back in. She's been gone. Chivis has been with the two younger kids, Gia and Val, for a long time. And Ava's moved out, has gotten married. So she's kind of an outsider. It's her house and she's come back, but... You know, she's, with the death of their father, she's come in to kind of rule with an iron fist to make sure that the stepmother doesn't usurp any of, you know, what she feels is her family's power. So, you know, I think she's probably ruffling some feathers.
0: She's a challenge. Let's put it that way. I I don't really want to be super nasty about her, because I think she's got her own demons and whatnot. But... I think she's doing everything in her power to push away her two younger siblings, even if that's not what she's intending to do.
1: Right. Because she wants to control them. She's decided that the way for this family to get back on top is through exerting, just domineering control over the situation and telling people what they need to do instead of talking to them about their feelings. And you see this manifest in so many different ways. She's doing it with Valentina, in who Valentina's allowed to be friends with or be with. Same for Guille, because she deems his relationship uh, inappropriate or or beneath him or a scandal. Even with his birthday party, you know, she throws a fit because their father had just died. And how dare Guille throw a party, even though, you know, we now know that it was Lucho who invited all of those people. They were just going to have a small family get together. So I think she does, doesn't really know how to lead through diplomacy. She is kind of a first-time leader with the death of her father, and she's, you know, she's going about it the wrong way. She thinks that if she just tells people what to do, it'll work. And I think I've mentioned this in one of the other episodes, but my biggest problem with her is what a hypocrite she is. It's fine if you are, like, truly the being of perfection and you're doling out advice. But, like, she's cheating on her wonderful husband with a Sicario. She's making all these bad choices. She's running around like like a chicken with her head cut off. She's just, yeah, she's out of her damn mind. And that's what makes it so hard for me when we're going to start to see how she treats Valentina. Um... Yeah, it's, it's the hypocrisy, which I will bring up again and again when all of the examples come
0: out. She gets her just desserts, though, ultimately. So it's interesting for me that Val comes home and sneaks past, doesn't want to go see her sister yet, but goes straight for her brother. She needs his reassurances. She needs him. Uh, she needs to talk to him because he's her ally in this house. But... She discovers that he is busy packing. He's about to leave the house. He's moving out. He's not interested anymore because her sister has separated him and his love at work. And it's been a big thing. Absolutely. So then Val tells Gear about Lucho catching them and. He's so sweet, you know. He says to her, you need to live your own life. You need to be happy. And, I mean, that's great advice. But it's really hard when you're still at university. You don't actually have your own independence. Not really yet.
1: Yeah, but I don't think in a family like this you're ever truly going to have your independence. Like, the family is the job and the job is the money and it's all, you know, they're this complicated world of rich people where everything's kind of tethered so i think in families like this that stay so ingrained for so long you decide whether you just do things in secret at a certain point or whether you fall in line or whether you buck convention and try to make your family understand who you are while you still get to be a part of it because guia works for the company and he still lives in the house ava moved back in the house I think that reality of her achieving independence is a little bit unlikely, no matter what would happen. And I don't; it's not independence. It's just, you know, like, what is financial independence for Valentina? That's never that's never going to happen when you talk about her dad being one of like the richest men in the world versus like Valentina going off and like them playing house together. They totally could do it. But I mean, if I were her, I would try and stay with my family if they were cool with me
0: but that's the thing if they were cool with you that's the rub is it not
1: right and I think it would be a little bit so it's a hard conversation no matter what but I think with the death of their father it adds this extra lens where you really do understand why she would be willing to fall in line because she's already lost her father, she doesn't want to lose the rest of her family. And, you know, she loves Juliana, but they're already starting to see these cracks in their relationship from the stress, even though it's stress caused by her family, but there is stress from, you know, other things as well. So I, I definitely, it feels real to me, the choices that Valentina is making.
0: Jules has also not provided any, yes, we'll stay in Mexico City, kind of stability she's still been saying we're gonna have to go we can't stay here forever so yeah i suppose i can see it but you know true love and all that (laughs) in the scene val says to gear please don't go you can't leave me with her and it's so sad and he's like it you know he's it's already decided and my heart just breaks look at her face look at her body language look at everything she just looks so Broken.
1: Yeah, she's going through it. And Makarena Otaga, I think every, I think she is a very, very gifted actress. Whether she's happy, sad, you just, yeah, you absolutely feel what she is going through.
0: In the next scene, she's standing outside on like a patio thing. She's obviously gone upstairs to where her sister is and she's not wearing her jersey or jacket or cloak or whatever the hell it was she was wearing previously. So she's shed a layer, which makes her look even more vulnerable in this particular scene. But she sort of braces herself for this confrontation and walks in. You can see she's trying very hard to be brave. The fact that her sister makes her come find her.
1: It's a total power move. Completely. And the way she frames it when Valentina's like, what's up, is she says, Lucho came to my office and told me something I hope isn't true. And then puts the onus on Valentina to say it instead of confronting her about it. And she says, but then after that, she follows up categorically and is like, you don't like girls. Um... Valentina does not like her sister saying that and walks into the room kind of a little bit defiant uh, and they're facing each other head to head. And it's, you know, it's so clear they're about to get into it. And I really like this scene for as scared as Valentina was going into this, you know, she was rubbing her arm. She was practically shaking. Would have done anything to not have this confrontation. But now that she's here, she's doing it. You know, she's not wilting under her sister's pressure, which is immense and kind of scary. Like Ava's scary. So yeah, I really respect that about her.
0: Okay, so if you look at the shots from a technical point of view, it's done beautifully. When you first see Ava, she's standing with her back to where to the door where Val is coming in. She's framed by this big window. She's the the angle of the camera, the way she's framed and stuff is a complete power shot. When Val is framed in the doorway in such a way that she looks unsure and and unsteady and then as she comes into the room she crosses her arms in front of her as a kind of a emotional barrier and even the shots between them now the ones of Val are done from a slightly low angle to look to make her look a little less sure of herself and the shots of Ava are done straight on I'm in the power position here this is a complicated conversation how much do you want to delve into this conversation
1: I mean, Thankfully. it could be, it could be its own episode. Uh, I think right. at a very high level, what I will say is, you know, Sheena's going to give you the technical know-how, <laughs> the blocking of shots on this. Uh, and I'm here to talk about the feelings and the, the sociocultural implications of conversations like this. And I think it's going to be hard for viewers to watch because her sister is just so unrelenting and resistant to this idea and throws every kind of dismissive thing that you could say to somebody who's trying to tell you they've fallen in love uh, with somebody that the world thinks they're not supposed to be in love with. Um, So it's, it's not a fun conversation, but I think if you zoom out, I really believe that this was so intentional on the part of the writers and the directors to leave no stone unturned when it comes to what the average viewer may be thinking in their own head if they were confronted with this in in their life or you know, with the life of a, a loved one. So it it's almost too much, but I think it's really real and it, you know, runs the gambit from you don't love her. Uh, to you're not gay you've always had boyfriends to this isn't you to I won't allow it to hey you're just acting out because your dad died like every possible reason you could give so again same as Sheena you're saying with the shots how everything is so intentional and it creates this effect I do think that there was a larger uh, impact. So even though it's not a fun scene to watch, I would, I would encourage everybody to try and remember that when they're watching, uh, that basically every possible argument is being rebutted or will be able to be rebutted later.
0: What's interesting for me is how Val reacts to this bombardment of accusations and claims. I think she's so overwhelmed, she doesn't actually quite know what to say. So she's only addressing that, parts of you know what Ava's actually saying but she shakes her head a lot and she looks she never wavers in her own right
1: she says I like Juliana I am in love with Juliana I am in love with her and I think that that's so important because I, you know, I think part of what Ava's intention was, was to confuse and overwhelm and kind of verbally pummel Valentina into submission uh, with that rapid fire stream of these are all the wor- reasons it cannot work and it can never work. And I'm going to tell you that right now. And yeah, yeah. Valentina just kind of finds this, this strength that, you know, I know there's no point in individually responding to each one of those things because you're not looking to have a conversation. Um, but she focuses on the cornerstone of it. The thing that props everything else up, which is that she loves her and they want to be together.
0: To which Ava replies, I can't believe this is happening to me. And she makes it all about her.
1: Oh my God, it is like the narcissist playbook. And I don't know if anybody has ever known or loved or had like a family member that has been narcissistic, but. It is wild because nothing ever happens. It happens to them. And that is exactly the standpoint that Ava is coming from. I think it's partially narcissism, partially biting off a situation that she's not really equipped to handle. And she feels like she needs to manage the family, like she's managing a business and she's treating them like employees, not people. And she wants them to behave in a certain way. And she's not coy about it whatsoever. And Valentina doing this is is completely undermining that. Gia's undermining it too. Yeah, Ava's Ava's having problems all around. And the more it unravels, the more she tries to squeeze it together. And it's just, yeah, it's not working.
0: Do you think she would have had this bigger reaction to Val's news if the thing with Gia did not happen?
1: I mean, well, I think it's a couple things. I think it's that somebody came and told her. So Lucho came to her and told her this information. So she had to do something with it. It's not like she saw it and then could really take time to figure out what she wanted to do. There was like this other stakeholder involved and she was worried that the news would get out and it would be another scandal. Um, and also the the one thing we don't have context on because we're just watching the Juli and Tina scenes is what scenes Ava had right before this happened. So probably I would bet um, something in Ava's personal life unraveled right before these things unraveled. And not only is she lashing out because she can't control their lives but also there's something in her own life that she can't control right
0: now. Which would make sense then to the whole reaction of I can't believe this is happening to me. It's this compounding effect.
1: Oh my god so we'll talk about it when we get there but in one or two more scenes Ava's gonna have a conversation with her husband where her husband mentions the fact that she slept with a woman in college she's not homophobic. She's just a control freak. And she thinks that Juliana is beneath their family and that it's going to reflect poorly on them. But she's not, you know, she's not actually homophobic. I think she's bisexual herself. So it's, yeah, she's got, she's got problems. (laughs)
0: And what is so great is Val's reaction to this is like, uh, it's not happening to you, it's happening to me. And she turns around and says, but you are my sister and you're a Carvajal. And that's it. Like, the end of the day, backstops with me.
1: Yeah, and that's, I think, this idea in big families or families that have a lot to lose, you know, you have to stay in line in a certain way you don't go out and have your autonomy like we were discussing before you're kind of a, a familial unit that has to agree or disagree um with certain things so i think that's what Ava's is trying to to hold together but yeah she's just she's not seeing her siblings as people whatsoever
0: and it's really sad because all that's gonna happen is she's gonna lose she's gonna lose them and so eva says you better tell juliana that she can't come to this house nor the, the Vale house and then we see oh man and then the sad music starts okay so we see val's reaction and she's just tearing up she's getting sadder and sadder as this thing is going oh i don't want to talk about this doesn't this make me want to cry
1: I know. If if this were us like on a YouTube video sharing this, we would just put a bunch of crying face emojis across the screen because I think that that would articulate our feelings in it. And even in Valentina's sadness and, you know, grief from this pretty much went as bad as it could, um, she's, you know, her sister's like, you will not be together. She will not come around here Um you know, this is never going to happen. So this isn't a conversation that we need to continue having. Valentina says, this isn't okay to do and you're going to end up alone. So she doesn't have any real power in the situation, it feels like. But she does know enough to to be able to be honest with Ava. But right now Ava doesn't really like see that as a, a possible thing. But Valentina sees it. So who's the dumb sister now, Ava?
0: Val says to Eva, Um, you're going to be alone. And she turns around and walks away. And then Eva walks after her. And she's like, what are people going to say?
1: And it's great because you wonder how could this scene get worse or get harder? Like it was already difficult enough to watch it. And then it, get, it gets worse.
0: It does because... <laughs> Then Ava manages to press on the one nerve she hasn't yet pressed on. And she says to Val, what are your friends going to say? And then Val's like, I don't care what they're going to say. And she says, have you already told them? What did they, you know, your friends from school, what did they say? And the desperation in Val's face, there's a lot to unpack here. And she calls her sister by her full name. I'm
1: sorry to interrupt you, but I love that. That's like Val's power move
0: of the moment. Vandalina. But because she's feeling so vulnerable. Right. She's
1: doing everything she can to kind of stay on even footing with her sister without cutting the way Ava is. And you just can't. That's a hard conversation to have. You know, Ava's dismissive and being hurtful and the worst thing... Valentina says to her is, you know, if you continue acting like this, you're going to end up alone versus the things that Ava is saying, which is... That like Juliana's using you, she doesn't love you, all of your friends are going to leave you when they find out that you're together. Like she's saying really, really hurtful stuff and I think it's commendable because Valentina has never been a mean person that she doesn't kind of eventually snap and react. Because this has been going on for a while and her sister has said a lot of things that you can't really take
0: back. Oh, oh yes, and then it does get worse. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you said there was one button she could push left, I was like, nope, there's a there's a button under the button.
0: Uh, no, you're right, there
1: was. This- <laughs> Two buttons, actually. She tells Ava or Ava tells Valentina that she will put Juliana in her place if Valentina doesn't break it off
0: and then she talks about their father. Which are two big no-gos. Eva says, you know what? It's a good thing dad is no longer here. Or else he would be so disappointed. Eva basically goes ahead and says, what would dad do if he was still here? Would he applaud you, celebrate the news? Now, this is something that speaks directly to Val's own insecurities on the matter. Yeah,
1: but again, I think the high-level thing to take away from this is Valentina's dad does know. And he was confused, but he's okay with it. So, you know, the nice thing about having a show about people coming back from the dead and switching bodies is there's this whole other layer happening where they're having this conversation... And Ava's saying, you know, he would never accept you. How can you do this? And we know, as the viewer, that he actually already has. And I think that there's a very strong, you know, they're not preachy about it, but there's a statement to be made when you throw that in somebody's face of, you know, what would this other person think? You never actually know. So again, it's this idea that Ava's throwing out this argument that when under scrutiny doesn't really hold hold water anymore.
0: I don't know if she meant it to be genuine, or if she meant it because she knew it would be a button for Jules. Because I suspect that at this point, she's kind of like um, a cornered animal. She will do anything to get out of the situation. And right now she feels like the only thing she can do is to make Val feel awful so she leaves Jules.
1: Yeah, I think part of... Ava was the oldest and you'll, you know, you'll kind of learn about her toward the end a little bit more. Um, but there was a little bit of of a burden and an expectation put on her shoulders that the younger two siblings never faced. Uh, and Ava didn't want to take it on, but when forced by her father, rose to it. Uh, and I think that she holds a lot of resentment for that. So when she says you know, he would never accept you. Well, maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. But if he decides that this isn't okay for you, this is never going to be your life. Um, Because that was the situation that she went through. And I think that she's trying, whether she understands it uh, or not, is forcing that on her younger siblings then, because that's what she went through. And I think that, you know, I was talking earlier about how they're, two schools of like, well, you stay in the family and you do what you want. You just keep it a secret or you try and live life out loud and be who you want. And she's very much in the first camp where she rose to the occasion to please her family. And then she secretly does what she wants. She married the man she was supposed to marry. She has the job she's supposed to have. She's living the life that she is supposed to lead. But she's obviously unhappy and she's doing other things on the side. But she would never make that public. She would never compromise, ideally, the the carve a whole name for her indiscretions.
0: I mean, that is interesting because she is trying to shove that box onto Belle. Like... Be this person. Yeah. And I mean, if,
1: like, if, I don't know, if Lucho wouldn't have found out and Ava wasn't, you know, reeling from trying to keep this tight grasp on everything, I think there's a world where, you know, her first inclination would have been like, okay, you can't be public about this, but whatever. And it would have been, use the houses, don't go, you know, spend time in cafes with one another. And I don't think that would have eventually been enough for Juliana and Valentina. But because Lucho came to her and made it her problem, there's this urgency to to get Valentina
0: to fall in line. Mm. And the whole thing about being alone obviously struck a chord for Ava because she turns around and said, what's going to happen after all this is done uh, the one who will be alone is you. Oh, uh, that's such a beautiful cinematic moment. So then Eva storms off, shuts the door, and Val tries to comfort herself, but she's feeling overwhelmed. So she puts her hands to her head, cuts to a scene where Eva's inside her bedroom in the same pose. So they're obviously both feeling the same level of too much stuff. And it was just a beautiful, it's a beautiful, very intentionally cut together moment. I appreciate the good cinema.
1: And now we cut to Juliana and her mom. And her mom has sought her out. And remember, the last thing we saw was Juliana kind of come storming home. And I think it's really interesting. She's changed out of the clothes that she was wearing. Valentina's clothes. And she's back into
0: her clothes. They're both lying on the bed and... It's one of those sort of very sweet mom-daughter moments where mom is trying to get daughter to talk. But Jules is very closed off. She's got arms crossed. Lupe's saying all the right things. Um, I can feel your sadness. You know, I'm here. You need to talk to me. Um, I love you. I want to protect you. You can trust me.
1: I think it's very interesting, though... So she says protect, not support. And protect denotes, you know, the way Hakabo grabbed Valentina and took her out of the building, even though she didn't want to leave. Sometimes people think you need protection in a way that you don't feel is best for yourself. So I think that them using that word and not using the word support is very telling. She wants to protect juliana and sometimes that is protecting her from herself in her mind when this all starts you know unraveling
0: i don't think that there's ever any doubt that lupe wants the best for jules i just think she can't quite wrap her head around what that is yeah and then jules says mom and then there's this long pause and i think that she was on the verge of telling her mother and then she chickened us and says, I want to go to sleep.
1: This is so hard because if you think about it, the last Juliantina scene we've seen is Val dealing with the ramifications of her family finding out. And it's Juliana that said, you know, I love you. I don't want us to hide. And then when confronted with her mom wanting to understand what's wrong with her, she refuses to share it. Which is totally reasonable but still hypocritical.
0: It's terrifying though. I mean, you have to have like a backbone of steel when you come out.
1: Right, I just, I think it makes, I think it makes the scenes that are gonna come later make a little bit more sense. uh, And that, you know, there's very much a difference between giving good advice and taking that advice. So I think, yeah, that that's what... It just it makes it very, very real when
0: things unravel a little bit more. I completely agree. And just as Lupe is getting up, you know, she says goodnight to Jules. As she's getting up, she boops her on the nose. And it's a very... It's very typical of the thing that parents would do to little kids. So it just kind of frames... Her relationship with her daughter she still sees Jules as this kid that needs protection this kid that needs a strong mother figure rather than a support system okay so now we cut to uh, Sergio and this other chick what's this other chick's name I don't even think I wrote it down anyway she's the one that's uh, sleeping with Lucha and she's so conniving
1: like that is the only reason she exists on this show is to force the bad that happens to Valentina. I'm convinced of it. And again, we've talked about this. She doesn't really get, to my knowledge, her own backstory or any kind of roundness as a character. So she is very much set up as like a foil and somebody that you don't really trust or care about except to dislike if you're rooting for the babies, which you should be. And if you aren't, what are you doing listening to this podcast? I guess is a better (laughs) point to make. (laughs) Indeed. This is a pro (laughs) Juliantina podcast.
0: Very much so. Okay, so she is sitting across from Sergio and they're drinking and he's like, I'm too drunk to drive. I mean, she's like, I'll take you home. And he's like, you know, you're my best friend. And she's like, well, what about Lucha? I thought Lucha was your best friend. And this is a great way for her to get the details of what is going on between Sergio and Lucio. And Sergio looks up and he's upset, and he's about to spill the beans. I'm sure.
1: Right, he's basically telling this girl no. He and Lucio have broken up as friends. It's over.
0: And then he spills the beans about Jules and Val.
1: The guy who plays Sergio plays this so well, because anytime, you know, Lucho is sharing information or other people are doing it, you can tell it's played in such a way that you can tell it for their own gain. Um, But I think in this case, for all of Sergio's faults, you know, he is just lamenting on his lost friendship with lucho and also you know non mostly non-creepily except for like the scissoring symbol which is <laughs> he really just means together and he's very drunk uh, he's well. saying that they're both very pretty and they've left them for one another and that, you know he that's exactly what happened well he never had juliana that's wishful thinking on his part but
0: mm. I was going to point that out, and he says, you know, left us, as if him and Jules had any, like, anything other than her just trying to run away every time he was in the room. Yes, and then he does this sort of, uh... Scissor symbol. Right. With his two hands, and then puts them together. And of course, this makes her very excited because... And it's like the,
1: what is their background? The background theme for that is kind of like a drumbeat where you're like, oh no, this information is going to be used against somebody. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she's like
0: of course I won't say anything. And we're like, oh, of course not. We don't believe you not for a second. All right, but now we're away from the scheming woman uh, whose name we actually have no idea.
1: It's Naye or Maye. I think Naye, Nayeli. And the other, Gie's first girlfriend was Maella. We can confirm that after the show, but I'm pretty sure that the woman we were referring to before with the curly hair who was in their school class is Naye. Okay. Good for you. Look at you knowing all the names.
0: Thank you. It was a long road to get here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now we cut back to. Jules, she's having a conversation with Val on the phone um, and she starts off saying, you told her that? Oh man. So they're video chatting with each other. (laughs) There
1: is so much happening in this scene because, yeah, Valentina says, yes, I told her, remember our pact. And, you know, think about the fact that Juliana just had a conversation with her mom where she refused to be honest about anything and they're having this very sweet conversation even though they're apart keep all that love in your heart
0: (laughs) and then Val does the pinky swear thing so that Jules can see and there's this very sweet sort of moment between them and then Val gets a notification on her phone that she's been tagged in something so this is an interesting scene to set up because they had to figure out how to do a video chat from Val to Jules so that Val was not using her phone so that she could still get the tag on her phone, which I thought was a really interesting way of doing it because we haven't seen her really use her computer much before this. We see her use it once after this, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't really find it that interesting because you can also still get notifications while you're on video chat.
0: Yes, but then Jules could not watch Val as she's getting the notification.
1: Yeah, she would still see her if they were like this. It would just be like a worse kind of.
0: Cinematically, it would not be great. Right, right.
1: But it would be real. That's what I mean.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I stand out. Why would we we went real when we have this show with everything unreal going on? Come on.
1: And that also, to your point, uses technology so well to push the plot forward in how young people are communicating and connecting and the the impact that it has on it. Like it's it's inescapable. It literally comes into Valentina's bedroom and is something that like she can't stop. And for anybody who's not sure, tortillera is a offensive slang term for a lesbian.
0: And that's what this like meme is tagging her in. Oh yes, I forgot about the content. I was about to t- talk about the very excellent shooting. Here. <laughs> okay, so watch this. When Val and Jules are talking, Val is in the center of the screen. Then she gets tagged in this notification. And then we have a close up of what the notification is, and then we cut back to her, and she's off center. It's a subtle. But very good way of showing that her world has shifted. Yeah. Anyway. No, that's good. I did not pick up on that.
1: But I usually just, like, follow Valentina's face wherever it is. And, man, she shuts down. Instead of talking to Juliana about it or discussing it, she just says, I need to go and basically hangs up so that she can scroll through these messages on her own and understand what's being said. Why do you think she does that? I mean, I think she feels vulnerable and I think she feels upset. And, you know, she wants to understand what she's really dealing with before she talks about it. I think it's kind of a she doesn't want to process it. She just wants to kind of see what it is on her own. And see what people are saying because somebody posted, you know, that really negative meme and all the comments could be like, Hey, that's not cool. Like blah, blah, blah. Or they could all just be agreeing. Like she doesn't know yet. I think she assumes unfortunately, but doesn't know until she looks at them and looks at the comments and sees like who of her quote unquote friends are probably commenting on that post.
0: Mm. Why does she not talk to Jules immediately? About it. Why does she just shut down the computer? I wonder if she just isn't overloaded. It's been a big day, it's been a big 24 hours.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's loving someone and then there's a couple of hours prior your sister throwing it in your face that you can never be together and when your friends find out they're going to completely abandon you and then being confronted with that abandonment and the harsh criticism in one day Lucho found out Ava found out and then everybody found out like it could not get worse everybody in her life in that day found out.
0: I would argue that it's even more than that though because she's just had her first sexual experience with a woman like 24 hours ago and then all of this goes down so it's a lot the everything is a lot to process never mind within a 24-hour time frame and I think she might be just getting to the point where she just doesn't have the capacity anymore. Well
1: and we'll see like she's gonna kind of have a mental breakdown a little bit
0: And I completely get that. Sometimes you just need to not.
1: Yeah. And also at this point, even though they're going through it together, Juliana doesn't understand. Juliana's not a public figure. Juliana's family doesn't yet know about them. You know, this is again, one of those cracks that is so important in the foundation of their relationship and is going to lend to, you know, what's going to happen soon between them. It's, These are things that regardless of whether they're in love with each other, like they don't, they're not on the same page or having the same
0: experience. Absolutely. Shame, look at her. It's beautiful lighting though. On both of them. It's like really nice shots.
1: Yeah, and we've talked about it so much about Valentina's room has changed. The headboard and it's very much more her these days. Because she's more her these days.
0: So now we see Ava coming into the room with um, Mateo. Mateo.
1: Good job. I looked at
0: my notes. <laughs> and now we discover this is the scene you were talking about. Yeah. And he's just like, doesn't understand why Eva's having an issue.
1: Right. Like it's a personal thing. It's her business. And she's saying it's a scandal. Can you imagine what society would think? And, you know, she bites back, but she's the only one who cares about the family's reputation.
0: And then he says, well, you know, in college.
1: And she's like, I can't believe you would use that against me. I'm now a married and respected woman.
0: And he's just like, it's the 21st century. And she's, her whole thing is like, how am I the only person that cares about the the reputation of this family? And well doesn't know what she's doing. And is very much like, this is ridiculous. He even kind of rolls his eyes at her.
1: I think this is an important thing to highlight here, and we haven't really gotten into it. The majority of the adult men on this show are very respectful of Juliana and Valentina's relationship. And that's everybody from Gie to Panchito to Hakabo to the Psychologists. You know, everybody that comes in, con- the adult men, besides like Sergio and Lucho, is completely fine with it and encourages the women to be a little less controlling about it. And it's the women, it's Ava and Lupe, who is telling the girls that this is no way to live and that their lives will be ruined because of it. And I think it's, you know, it's a very interesting point that the show's making and it's a a much longer conversation but at the high level trying to distill it even though these are kind of strong independent women I think that they realize or they perceive Val and Juliana's lives being so much harder if they go down this path because even though Valentina has privilege the men are just like, whatever, live your life. They have their invisible backpack of privilege where things are just a little bit different for them. So what they're doing is good and what the women are doing is bad, but it's more complicated than that because the women are trying to save you know, their sisters and their daughters from basically this life that they think is completely untenable.
0: That's an interesting point.
1: That's what I'm here for. You're good for the blocking shots. I'm here for the the feelings. But yeah, it's it's a huge conversation and it doesn't make it right, but I think it makes it a little bit easier to understand all
0: of these negative reactions. So now we cut back to Val. She's looking at the post on her computer now and she's reading some of the comments. Poor baby. One of them is, had I known I wouldn't have slept in her bedroom, how disgusting. Yes, because we're all going to jump every woman's bones because that's how it works. And, you know, are you behind on your like woman jumping bones schedule, Monica? Never.
1: (laughs) They have to. I think saying these things makes a very important point of all the stupid things that people throw out. And just how idiotic they are because, you know, you're watching Valentina and Juliana and you know them and you know this situation. And then, you know, I hope as a viewer at this point, you're starting to understand how stupid the things that these people are saying are. That, oh, well, we saw, you know, Naye in Valentina's room and they were like shirtless and running around and there wasn't anything to it. And, oh, Lucho is kind of a prick. Like, Valentina's better off without him anyway.
0: And another comment is they took Lucia out of the threesome.
1: Right. And that was in reference to that, that Lucio should have never been invited.
0: Another one from Princess to Dyke. And Val is hurt by all of this. Because also
1: she doesn't necessarily see herself as this way. This is a label somebody is ascribing to her. So far, she knows that she loves Juliana. You know, that's it. And for everybody to be making this big social and political statement about her identity and who she is and telling her who she is when she's just starting to figure it out for
0: herself, that's such a hard thing to deal with. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why you should never, ever force anybody out of the closets. Okay, so now we intercut between Val looking really sad and... Jules looking really sad. So I think this is a reaction to the fact that Val put the phone down on her, pretty much.
1: Yep, pretty much hung up
0: on her, shut her out. So she's kind of crying in her bedroom, and Lupe's at the door looking in, looking concerned about her daughter. I mean, as a mom, you really want your child to be happy and seeing her crying and not wanting to talk to you about something, which makes it really hard later to understand.
1: Right because she just she doesn't she knows that something is wrong but she can't even conceptualize what it is that's wrong and the fact that when she finds out episodes and episodes later she's just flabbergasted is like if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck it's a duck but like she can't even conceptualize like Two women in the way she understands the construct of heterosexual relationships they've been so bad at hiding how they feel as of late you know valentina is literally like touching Jules' hair and saying i'll pay for you to go to school and i'm gonna give you this house to live in you know if, if valentina were a man lupe would already be planning their wedding but she just like cannot even conceptualize that this is what's happening
0: And I think that's absolutely true. I don't think heterosexual people can conceptualize what it's like to be queer. Well, it's
1: just a, it's a, you don't see it. It's almost, yeah, I haven't really found like a good metaphor or a good way to describe it. But, you know, it's almost like there's, there's a color that you don't see and you don't know that you don't see it but you don't see it. And everything that's happening is like, this is what it is, but you just completely don't see it. Oh, okay. Do you watch Westworld? Mm. You're like, you're a host. You don't see the door. Spoiler alert. But that was from like five seasons ago. Like you just, you don't see certain things because you haven't been programmed or conditioned or have had them in your life to learn about them.
0: But I think that is the core of why so much happens in the world. Because white people, we don't we can't see the world the way black people can because of our own privilege and our own experiences. And I just think that's that's exactly it. We need to understand that we have blinkers on and we just can't see the door.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this show and I've talked about it before is everything you could want because even though some points are hard to watch and they're difficult conversations to be had they're conversations that everywhere still need still need to happen so yeah I yeah I mean we're here to fangirl but this is me fangirling on top of the fangirling that I think they just do it in a really responsible way
0: I completely agree I really wish more TV shows would take notes. All right, Monica, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, this was fun. You're listening to Lesbians On Screen. I'm Sheena, and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you online?
1: Very socially active online. Uh, Just depends on what channel. Uh, So Twitter is my jam if you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that i will communicate back so it's at monica mccallan and that's on twitter i do have a facebook fan page and i have a website www.monicamccallan.com but for sure if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff twitter is where you can find me
0: thank you for listening to lesbians on screen a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us 5 stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.